In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This evening we begin a series of reflections on the anthems chosen at Evensong for the Sundays in Lent. Music is one half of the very particular experience of worship here at St. Paul's, the other being the extraordinary space that we worship in. Both together conspiring to create an atmosphere in which God speaks. For some, reaching into the forgotten corners of ourselves and in often surprising ways, recalling us to the purpose and meaning of our lives and the source of our hope. And for others, bringing order, shape and frame to the otherwise seemingly chaotic series of events within which our lives are lived. Of course, we believe that God is continually reaching out to us, but St. Paul's is a place, and it is not alone, in which time can appear to be suspended through the astonishing beauty of what is seen and heard. Like pieces of a jigsaw that have become muddled up, bit by bit, our desires, and our fears surface and take shape in this space. And it is often, for me at least, during the anthem, when the ritual duties of the recitation of the Psalms and the canticles and the readings of scripture have been completed, that the singing of the anthem affords us an opportunity to freewheel and to ponder the connections between all that has been offered in prayer and praise and our own lives. And then we take that into prayer for ourselves, for the church and for the world. And our anthem tonight drew together the words of our psalmist, the hopes of the people of Nineveh and the pleas of the penitent in the gospel. And so to this evening's anthem, Music is such an important element of worship in general and our worship here in particular because it dismantles what might otherwise be considerable barriers of language and theology. No one hearing this anthem can fail to understand that what Battishall composed is a lament, particularly appropriate to this season of Lent what is rather odd then is that he apparently composed it on an early summer's day, June the 5th, 1765, just a few short months before his wedding. Jonathan Battershall's life appears to have been one of two halves, a very promising start here as a chorister at St. Paul's when he entered the choir about eight or nine years old, going on to become an accomplished organist, much admired for his skill in improvisation, and appointed by William Boyce as his deputy at the Chapel Royal. He then drifted somewhat between the sacred and the secular. He was well known in London society for his fabulous memory and agreeable company. 
he returned his focus to church music and in what order or to what degree they are connected, I've no idea, but his marriage failed, as did his health and his reputation. He became increasingly difficult and unreliable through his excessive consumption of alcohol. Battishall died in 1801 at the age of 63 and is buried as he wished to be here in the crypt of St. Paul's. It's rather hard to draw comparisons between the experience of the author of the original text from Isaiah 63 and a privileged 18th century English composer. And yet the verses from Isaiah clearly touched Battishall's experience for him to be able to compose such a compelling and evocative piece, which in turn continues to touch us today. The prevalence of lament in the Hebrew scriptures is significant. And these verses and other passages from Isaiah, together with large portions of the Psalter and other prophetic oracles, and indeed the Book of Lamentations, which we hear from during Lent, focus on the fundamental fault line of faith, that God is apparently unconscious or indifferent to our suffering, or worse still, instrumental in it. O oh, look down from heaven and behold from thy habitation of thy holiness and glory. The supplicant pleads to the Lord. These verses from Isaiah form part of a communal lament, a people calling upon God in recognition of their need of God's grace, evidently trusting in God's concern because they go on to call upon God in the following verse as father, which is a new development in Jewish thought and theology at the time. Calling upon God in faith, whilst nevertheless confused and disorientated by their sense of isolation and vulnerability. Where is thy zeal and thy strength and thy mercies towards me? Are they restrained? In this verse, we get the sense of someone in a really dark place without any light at the end of the tunnel. The version that we see on page 12 in our order of service ends with a question mark, but in other texts and arguably more ancient texts, there is no question mark, but a statement. They are restrained. The musicologists amongst us might be aware of a hiccup in the score in this edited version of the original anthem through the omission of the rather graphic, if clumsy to our ears, rendering in the King James, the sounding of thy bowels, perhaps lest the choristers giggle or sparing the blushes of the congregation. But the omission of these words, translated in the NRSV as the yearning of your heart, is omission indeed, because it really changes the sense of the verse. Zeal and strength and mercy alone, one could argue, are simply virtues, whereas 
the yearning of your heart reveals God to be necessarily interrelational. O Lord, look down from heaven and behold from the habitation of thy holiness and thy glory. Where is thy zeal and thy strength, the yearning of thy heart and thy mercies towards me? Are they restrained? It doesn't solve the conundrum for us of God is apparently unmoved by our suffering, but it reminds and reassures me that we are not alone in the universe, but rather lost in a maze for a while, through which we are yet to find our way back to the heart of God, which yearns for us. In this way, Lent can become for us a time in which we dare to retrieve from wherever we have secretly stowed them, the disappointments and even the disgraces of our lives and allow the scrutiny of unconditional love to lead us through this maze of repentance, enabling us finally to reorientate our lives toward a renewed trust in God's loving purposes for us. Let us pray. O oh God, you know us to be set in the midst of so many and great dangers that by reason of the frailty of our nature we cannot always stand upright. Grant to us such strength and protection as may support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations. Through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>